All right, here we are at GMP Community Updates. So yeah, I found a way to get here a little bit earlier than normal, found a little bit of a sequence break. And um, so yeah, let's go ahead and get into it. First order of business. Um, <clears throat> what the hell are you doing here? Right? What? Oh, hey, Herf, how there you, you are. I was, you, I was wondering where you were. How did you get here? Uh, well, I, fa- I found a little sequence break, no, so gosh. I figured I'd just jump straight to no, the GMP no, no, community no, no, updates. No. And that's that's not what? how that works. I know we're talking about that today, but we still got to keep this in order or people won't know what the crap's happening. Mm, mm, OK, you know what? That, that makes a lot of sense. And also, I, I, I don't know what I would have even talked about without you guys. I don't know what I was thinking. So you're right. You're right. Let's let, let's head on back to the beginning. Hello and welcome. My name is Tim. I'm Dancy looking for the outro. <laughs> and I'm Murphy Durfee back at the beginning. Dancy, don't do it. And this is Go Mode, a link to the past randomizer podcast. Thank you for grounding me there, Herf. It, it, you know, sometimes it's cool to play a game a little bit out of order, but when it comes to podcasts, beginning to end, that really is just, it seems like the, the way that's going to make the most sense. Yeah. And I mean, we had Dante waiting here at the start, not knowing what's going on. He's all confused now that we're back. No, I was, doing, I was doing major glitches. Like y'all were in the updates and <laughs> I was looking for the outro go mode item. Uh, I guess it's the mirror in this case. I mean, as usual, we're playing checkers and, and Dante's playing 4D chess, <laughs> but it's understandable. Um, so, yeah, we uh, we do have a pretty fun topic today, something that we've certainly talked a lot about, but never just really focused on. And uh, this was a fun one to plan around, to write the outline for. And also uh, earlier this week, we got into a conversation about it in our host channel where we came up with a lot of good points. And I'm excited to dig into that and, and share that with everybody here. Uh, but first, we need to uh, talk about some news. And um, there has been a uh, a gross crossover of power negligence here in my role <laughs> as a journalist, uh, you know, in producing this show, I get to choose the news stories that come first. And I also just happened to have a sort of rando event occur a few weeks ago. And so guess what? That's the headline now. I'm deciding uh, a bit bit of shameless self-promotion, but uh, we had the premiere of Timp.msu, which happened a couple weeks ago as you're listening to this. Uh, And man, it was so much fun. It it was just an absolute blast. Uh, I had a ton of fun, you know, interacting with people in chat, having them listen to the music that I had written. Um, As a quick reminder, Timp.msu is an original soundtrack that I wrote that's meant to replace the ALTTPR normal, you know, link to the past soundtrack that you hear from 1991 as an MSU1 track pack. Um, So I've been working on it a lot the past, you know, really 18 months or so. Finally had the release party um, a couple of weeks ago. I think it was February the 4th. Yes, Friday of 2022. And um, it was just an absolute uh, blast. Uh, people were very receptive of the music. It um, had some good feedback also, some things to look at. Uh, and quite a few uh, people have checked out the VOD too, which I definitely didn't expect and has been a, a really uh, pleasant surprise. Uh, and then finally, at the end of the presentation, I've made the pack available for anyone who wants to download it and play uh, with it. And I've gotten a lot of 
positive reactions of folks who have done that as well. So just wanted to say thank you to everyone who watched live, everyone who's checked out the VOD, everyone who's downloaded the pack. Uh, it means so much to me that you guys would take some time out to listen to my music. I hope you enjoy it. Uh, and there are some updates coming soon. There will be a V2 coming out um, in the next hopefully month or so with just some small updates, maybe a, a switch out of a track or two. Um, as I've kind of, you know, been able to watch people play and hear it, you know, in, in context. Uh, and then uh, the goal after that will be to kind of albumize it and release that on YouTube and Spotify and maybe possibly some other places. So it's all actually happening. It, it felt so theoretical for so long. It's it's kind of I've, I feel almost kind of out of body just watching it happen. But um, finally getting some of this music out there and, and y- y'all have been just really incredible. Uh, an incredible audience and very receptive. So I uh, just wanted to say thanks to everyone real quick and, and especially thanks to my co-hosts who were both present at the live listen, um, which really meant a lot to me. Thanks guys for for checking it out. Yeah, yeah. definitely. It was fun. Uh, I have since played a seed with it, which uh, I streamed too. Uh, I, yeah. I still like it a lot and uh, I'm, I'm curious and waiting for the updates. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think specifically, you know, one of the things that you pointed out was the Ganon theme, mm-hmm. um, which was one of the first things that I had written. And the idea was to use like a, you know, essentially write like a drumline cadence for it. And I did that and I scrapped it and I wrote another one. And that's the one that's in the pack right now. Um, but, you know, Herf has said like, oh, that's the one that I'm just I'm really not sure about. And, you know, the more I listen, I think I agree with Herf. It doesn't quite fit with the rest of the pack anymore. So. That is definitely one that I'm looking at replacing. Now, that being said, I have not made any moves towards writing a new <laughs> one. Uh, I'm taking a little bit of a, a vacation from writing right now, uh, more or less. Um, but soon I will uh, get back to the drawing board and come up with something. And and then again, just a few other like small volume tweaks and things like that and some of the other tracks. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking but, uh, forward to a day when I get to use it. Um, I haven't been playing rando. <laughs> So I've uh, been taking a little mini break. Uh, I know a lot of people are taking little mini breaks, but I'm still playing Zelda because I'm grinding in MG. And so I guess I'm just hating life. Um, Joke, you know, kind (laughs) of self joking aside, like I'm actually I'm having fun playing that. Uh, I do miss custom music. I will say that. Uh, But um, but yeah, like when. uh, I guess when everything gets uh, back to normal a little bit, we'll uh, get back into some rando and. I'll I'll give your pack a, a good old once over. Maybe maybe I'll do the original before you you make it V2. I'm not sure what'll happen mm. first if like, you know, you uh say it's all final or you know V32 actually comes out. We'll we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which will be first? That's a that's a good question. Yeah, uh putting together this MSU pack also has made me a lot more receptive to using them. Um, you know, of course, having uh, Danny on to talk about MSUs was a huge help in kind of clearing a lot of that up. And I had used them before, so it's not like I never had. But in creating one, it just seems a lot simpler and easier to do now. And so I've used a lot more MSU packs in my own casual play, which has really been a treat. Um, uh, JJo32, I want to shout out as the creator of a Blastcore track that I, uh, MSU pack that I used recently. That was a lot of fun. That game has such a good soundtrack and, uh, the picks were really, really well done. So shout outs to them. Um, got a couple other that I, uh, planned to try. Um, I recently did that Kirby superstar one. So yeah, I'm just really enjoying going through more packs and it, you know, it gives me perspective into, you know, better how to make my own even better too, which has been great. So, 
Um, but yeah, I guess all that to say, you know, stay tuned for the official album release, hopefully coming out in about a month, maybe a little bit more. And uh, then after that, probably another like break. And then eventually when I get back to it, I think the next project uh, is probably going to be TuesdayTimp.msu, which will be uh, is it all going clips? through the other. Is it all <laughs> clips of Tuesday? Clips of is it just you talking? Oh, <laughs> No, I, I I want people to listen to this, so it's not just going to be me talking. Um, instead, I think it's going to be uh, taking advantage of all the extended MSU tracks and writing, you know, specific tracks for each dungeon, each boss theme, um, you know, post uh, Crystal Dark World, you know, that has a new track, all that kind of stuff. So um, that would be next, and you know, maybe around this time next year, I'll be we'll be talking about Tuesday Um but that's that's obviously ways away. So stay tuned. All right. Uh, next up, we have the Ladder Casual Boots Invitational, which has finally come to a close and a new one has been announced. Let's turn to our correspondent admin in the field, Herfy Derfy, for an update on what's going on with the uh, Ladder Casual Boots. Who's our winner? Yeah. So uh, congratulations to Luffy, a.k.a. Hitsuyan. Uh, he has managed to pull it out and win it. Uh, he also accepted the Super NT, which was the price. Uh, there was a choice for especially international winners to get like a, an, an equally valuable other price because of international shipping and eventual customs that you might have to pay and stuff like that. It's been a little bit of a problem for Duncan in the past trying to ship stuff internationally. So uh, he decided to offer that up. But Luffy or Hitsuyan decided to go for the Super NT. So congrats to him again. GG's. And congrats. um to talk a little bit about the next Invitational that was announced, uh, there is a presentation on the Ladder Channel that we did, uh, we, uh, meaning Danka and I, after the second game of uh, Luffy versus Aster, which has all the info, but to just quickly go over it, uh, you already mentioned it, Tim, uh, Danka decided to call it Open Plus. It is based off the SGL mode, the casual boots mode that we had. Uh, so there's all the increased difficulty stuff like no half magic, there's only three swords, there's uh, all bottles are placed, but there's only two in the pool and they will be empty. Uh, a big change that I remember uh, you talking about two temp before is uh, that you are now capped at the blue mail instead of being forced to use the green mail all the way through. Mm. Uh, so that's uh, not a whole lot of, you know, uh, accommodation, I would say, for newer or not as skilled players but blue mail does help so i think yeah. that's a that's a good change to make and i kind of uh also talked to dunk about that if we should do that so that's uh the big thing the second big change is obviously as it's called open plus it's not going to be uh, a standard mode it's going to be the open mode so we're going to spare ourselves or rather the players uh, escape every time bless and <laughs> yeah i know right hmm. So no more uh, five or six minute escape every time uh, when you start a seed or when you start a race. And uh, the the biggest thing probably, or at least the thing that sparked the biggest controversy is the addition of pseudo boots. Um, for, uh, for anyone who's not aware, uh, pseudo boots are a boots item that was developed that does nothing but give you the benefit of the speed of the boots so you can dash around. But you have no other functionality that the boots normally have, so you can't really uh, 
bonk over any pits, you can't bonk open any walls that you can normally bonk open, you can't bonk off any items from, say, the library or the torch in desert or something like that. Um, I think you can't mm-hmm. hover with them. You cannot. Uh, I think you mm. can still set up stuff like water walks, but I'm not 100% mm. sure on that. I remember discussion about that. I think you can still do some of the glitches that boots allow you, but you can't, like, hover or do anything that will really let you progress anywhere, if that makes sense. Yeah, pseudo boots was I think the first time it, it kind of you know came into uh, a discussion at least from us was when it was being used as kind of a exhibition for league before I think season three. Yeah, I think that's maybe the four. First time we talked about it, and then I know yeah. what's the tournament that's using it currently. Wasn't there one? Uh, or am the I doors, making that up? The doors league is using that. Right, the Doors League was uh, what I was uh, thinking of. So the Doors League is currently using pseudo boots to I don't know how much success, but uh, I'm I'm personally a big fan of you know having the ladder sort of as a test bed or as a more like as a test bed for a wider audience, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the exhibition race for the league was nice to see what are pseudo boots, how can you use them, how can you not use them, and stuff like that. But now I feel like with this, a lot more people will actually kind of be, I don't want to say be forced because nobody's forced to play ladder games, but they're kind of, you know, gently guided towards using them if they want to participate. So uh, I kind of like that. And we did that back then with uh, Quick Swap. And that also caused a big controversy, and now it's standard, and I think most people are okay with it. I know it still has its opponents. And um, I do want to say that there is no guarantee that pseudo-boots will work out. We might, you know, play this invitational uh, um, to, to kind of continue on with the, with, the, uh, with the news about it as well. So we've made this... 100 races in season 12 instead of just the 50 the invitationals were before Mm -hmm. Uh, which also means it's on the schedule for two slots just to have uh, more games to be played and the changes to the qualifying rules is also that you will need to play a minimum of 10 of those 100 games to Mm -hmm. be eligible so you can't just you know play five games win those five games and then be like all right cool uh you know i got my points i probably got a good enough buffer so i'm just Staying ahead, and I, I won't play anything else anymore. You'll have to at least play 10 games. And really, 10 games out of 100 races total is still not a huge ask, I would say. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry, I don't remember from the conversation that you had, but was that something that uh, was like a, kind of a correction from the last Invitational, where you had folks that didn't play 10, and, and you felt like maybe that um, was an issue where they were kind of sitting on their points? In a way, yes. So it, it wasn't really an issue because they all deserve to be there. You know, it's not like someone kind of sure. managed to yeah. sneak in the back way just sure. by doing that or whatever. But uh, and, and Danka doesn't fault anyone for doing that because it was in the rules. But we didn't really like that. And so mm-hmm. it was sort of a correction, but not really to to fix an oversight, more like to push people more into actually make it more competitive. Yeah, just, you know, actually make it into the participation, because now if you play 10 games and you win all 10 of them, 
then by all means, you know, sit out and just enjoy the other 90 races and hope that you make it in with your points that you have, but you probably should. But yeah, that's totally fine. But with, you know, five races, that was over relatively quick. And you played for a week or for two, and then you won your five races. If you were lucky, maybe you went for two or something or five, uh, for one, and then you played another one and went five one, and then you were mm-hmm. fine. But it was just, you know, for something that is supposed to go over the whole season. Yeah. Uh, it, it just felt like we gave people a huge break in between where they didn't really need to care about it or interact with it at all. And that kind of defeats the purpose a little bit. Yeah. Of course, that matters because at the beginning of a ladder season, everything's a total toss up or at least a lot more of one than it is, you know, later on in the season where people are getting matched more against people that are their skill level. Yeah, exactly. And uh, since the invitationals always run on their own, like on their own rating system, so to speak, Mm -hmm. so they're completely Mm -hmm. removed from all your previous global ratings or all the other ladder raises that you might be doing in other modes. It uh, matters even more because if you manage to get a lucky match in your first five matches before the algorithm can really get going, uh, then you you might get a, an easy win a couple of times and then you're just set for, for life, so to speak. And yeah. it, just, it, it just felt a little uneven and we kind of wanted to correct on that. That makes sense. And uh, there will be a, a prize available. Yeah, there will be a prize available. Uh, we don't really know what yet. Uh, a while ago, I asked my dear co-host if they had any other ideas than what Duncan and I have already come up with. And I've passed some of them on and uh, he was very receptive to them. Uh, we both were kind of oh, nice. like, how, how how did we not think of that? That's so obvious. We were so focused on <laughs> like one specific thing. A console. How the, do the we give away we, we, a we were, to the past randomizer? <laughs> we were just so focused on the game itself. You know, what could a rando player use and not like, what could a streamer use or what could anyone with a PC or whatever use, you know? Mm-hmm. So uh, uh, opening that up a little more, it might not be uh, an NT again. I think for this one, I'm not sure if I'm spoiling anything. I might, you know, you might hear a little weird cut here where I ask uh, two state Tim to cut this out. <laughs> But um, I know for this next one, I think Dunka still has an EverDrive and he wants FX to put pack. that up. Uh, they're not. No, right. They're not. Wasn't it uh, the other thing that was renamed to an FX pack? The, the SD to SNES was renamed. I thought I thought he actually put publicly that like one of the options was for the last one was uh-huh. an F- FX pack pro instead of like the NT. Oh, it might have been. He, I think because the EverDrive is kind of jank. I don't know if that's what he's got. Like, if he's just got a spare one, <laughs> but I'm not saying like it's a, a bad prize. But right, right. I, I, I think he was saying he has an EverDrive. Maybe he got it mixed up. Maybe I got it mixed up. I don't know. But I think that's what's still available. But uh, currently, there aren't any super NTs available to buy new. And yeah, uh, he's not going to he, he already said he's not going to, you know, buy like a scammer eBay thing for his invitational price and pay like four times the price or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And the FX pack or EverDrive, whatever it may be, is also not a guaranteed thing that you can just, you know, order on, the, you know, on the fly and get it. So mm-hmm. the, the price, the prices for the future ones aren't set in stone yet. But uh, we'll we'll find something that's of equal value at least. Nice. 
Awesome. Well, uh, we will be looking forward to more information about the uh, new Invitational, the the um, Open Plus as it comes out. And uh, I love that it's 100 instead of 50. It makes it a lot more likely that I'll be able to you know, jump in and, and try one or two because it sounds like a really fun mode, honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's a that's another thing where, you know, having it on the schedule twice a day just makes it more likely for people to actually be able to play it. Yeah. I need to remember to go turn on my notifications for that one. <laughs> And it's a reminder to everybody listening to do that as well, if you're interested. Yeah. Cool. OK, well, uh, there was a little bit of uh, the community was a bit rocked um, a, about the, a week the community? ago. The whole community? The community was a bit rocked. Yeah, I would say so. I mean, pretty much every discord that I'm in put out this like uh, identical announcement that is essentially a warning against uh, a scammer who sort of... Um, Broke into our ranks. I, I would, almost want to know. No, they didn't. I guess they may have broken into, but like uh, this is just a, this is an, a little more of an atypical Discord scam. Uh, you know, a lot of times you see like click a link for free nitro and people click it, and then all of a sudden there's more links for free nitro. And um, th- this was this was this so is much a more different. targeted. Yeah, tell us about well, it. Well, it's not tar. I wouldn't say it's targeted. It's just that. Look, I don't know who's behind it. If we did, we'd have it fixed. But basically, um, so there's like a a scam going around. People are like trying to get you to check out this game. Uh, Herf, what's it called? Akatori or something? I don't know. Yeah, I think it's, so. So it's we have a screenshot. Somewhere. It looks very, very legit. Um, so they have like a Discord. They have a YouTube video, and then there's a link to like a steam page because the game is real. Um, yeah. but then basically from what we understand, they send you uh, a download link and it downloads an exe file for your PC. And when they do it, when you run this, um, it actually steals your discord authentication token. Basically it bypasses all two factor authentication, all your password stuff and they basically seize your account and they can change the email. They can turn off two factor um, and then your account's gone uh, unless Discord decides to give it back to you. And there's been more than one person uh, who has in like in our community that has had this happen to them. Um, and like if you look at the some of the screenshots that have been going around, like it looks like it's the most convincing scam I've seen to date. Yeah. Um, yeah. The I think the the big difference here is normally when you get like one of those typical Discord spam links or a Discord spam bot joins a Discord and posts an invite or something weird like that, um, it's it, it's a bot. You know, they might yeah. DM you and they'll say hi and then you say hi question mark and then they'll just you know run through a script and not really engage with you in a conversation or anything. But these scammers are actual people. Like if you try to talk to them, their English isn't very great. Uh, apparently they're Turkish, but um, mm. the they'll respond to you and try to hold a conversation with you. And uh, I do want to mention this real quick because I still think it's really funny. But a cynic actually just to, you know, test the waters, see if the affected person was actually hacked or who's behind it or whatever, message them or got DM'd by them, I think, originally. And to see if they were an actual person, he asked, how, for how many frames do you have to release the button for hovering? And the person answered, one frame, dude. Why are you even asking, bro? 
And I think it's so insane that a random scammer that has nothing to do with the random community. If you look on Reddit and Twitter, you'll see that it's over, like all over Discord. Basically, it's not targeted it's not at, our, at our community. Specific. Yeah, it's just sure. Discord specific, I guess. But yeah, and I, we're pretty sure that they probably Googled that because it's definitely something you can Google. But right. uh, it's it's still so funny to me that an actual person is sitting there and to, you know, to keep up the ruse, they Google the answer to the hovering question. <laughs> I think <laughs> yeah, that's, that's really good. That's I guess that's what I mean is like it's not your average scam in which like they were willing to engage with people and go the extra mile. And then they actually were able to get at least one account of somebody that I would say pretty much everybody who's in the rando community knows and recognizes their name. They would see this person messaging them and be like, hey, check out this game. Can you can you play this game for me? You're like, oh, hey, what's up? Yeah, I'd be happy to. It's kind of out of the blue that you're messaging me. But yeah, absolutely. Sure. That hopefully that doesn't happen anymore. Now that, you know, this scam has come along, I think we'll all be a lot more careful of that sort of thing. Hopefully, yeah. There's uh, I don't remember who exactly said this, but I agree with them wholeheartedly. Uh, The old adage, no good deed goes unpunished is kind of the the basis of this whole scam. Like you try to do, you try to be nice for five seconds and then suddenly your account's gone Um, and all the servers you own and everything else. So uh, yeah, anyway, there's, there's a couple people. I I don't really want to like mention specifics, but there have been at least two to two to three people in the, in our community that have been affected by this and have you know, lost their account. As far as we know, like, uh, as of this recording, no one that I know of has gotten their account back, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. they've had to create a new one. And, um, you know, it, it's just super inconvenient for them and, uh, a, a massive, massive headache. Yeah. That is one nice thing about being a part of a community though, is you can just be like, Hey, it's me. This is, this is my new screen well, name. And like you? everyone can just kind of update, <laughs> like, which is nice. Well, to a certain extent, I mean, can. it's easier than if you weren't a part of a community, I think. Right. I guess so. Um, but like at the same time, it's, it's, I don't know. I'm not saying I don't trust any of the people who had to get a different account, but you know, uh, it, it opens the door for, somebody else to just make a side account be like, Hey, my real account, oh, I mean, you got to Turing test them. Yeah. Yeah. I know what you mean, <laughs> but like, it's just, yeah. it's just overall a massive headache and it's a headache for those who aren't the ones hacked, but it's, it's even bigger for those who were, I just, I, like I said, really hate it for everybody. Yeah. And yeah, I think what's absolutely. really important about this one is as well, uh, the, the one person that got hacked that I was in contact with also mentioned, uh, once they executed the file, it immediately changed everything about their Discord account. They locked them out, you know, changed the and turned off the two-factor uh, authentication, changed their name, blah blah blah, whatever. But uh, within like half an hour or so, they got pretty much a, a two FA or like a multi-factor authentication email from every account that they've had in their email you know they're like hey you're trying to log oh. in here's your two-factor code or hey you're trying to log in here yeah. change this so it's not just taking away your discord account and causing you a massive headache they're they're trying to take everything that you have basically if yeah what a mess well speaking of people changing names uh there has been a new nmg record set by someone who has it's a familiar face with a different name so uh initially back in let's say it was uh about a year ago actually it was february of 2021 
um, Excuse at the time had set an NMG record. Well, uh, Excuse has changed their name and come back as Edwardinary. And they actually set a new NMG record, bringing it all the way down now to 123.01. Just so, so close to that sub 123. Uh, but congrats and GG's to Edwardinary. And, um, you know, not really a whole lot more to say about it other than, you know, I feel like we always just want to shout out. We were literally just talking about ALTTP NMG earlier in this episode. So mm-hmm. it's certainly relevant. But uh, yeah, congrats and uh, GG's. And. We'll see if anybody, uh, you know, anytime a record is set, I feel like a lot of people start playing a little bit more. It kind of, you know, uh, encourages more activity in the uh, in the the speed running category. So we'll see if this calls anybody to action. I think it's going to call Temp to action. Uh, temp, when's, when's, <laughs> when's NMG? Maybe, when am I going to play my first NMG seed? I want to I I see That's that. I want to see it. I just called it a seed. I just realized. Yeah, like, that just shows like how I'm like absolutely original not game. in the frame. You know, that being said, I do like there is that uh, seed type where it just puts everything in its vanilla places so that it's like a NMG practice without the like text boxes and whatnot. Mm-hmm. I do like the idea of that. I mean, there's a leaderboard for that now. Structural Mike has made that. And um, there's a, a, a pre-generated seed that, you know, that way you get the same boss RNG. That's one thing that's good about Rando. Um, mm. and, uh, you know, there's a little mini leaderboard. It's a Google doc, you know, it's nothing like massive, but, uh, you get to use quick swap. You get to have no text boxes. You get all that rando quality of life. Um, but yeah, mm. you should, I, I temp, I think you should give it a run. That's cool. Yeah, I think I will. That's uh, I'm, I'm putting a note to find a link to that uh, that um, leaderboard just for fun. And we'll have put a link to that in the description. Uh, but, yeah, that's that's cool. I will check that out. Uh, another quick mention, uh, another another thing to mention quickly, I should say, uh, ESA Winter 2022 is currently underway as you're listening to this. Um, tomorrow, uh, Andy will be running a crowd control of A Link to the Past. So that's Thursday, February 17th, around 1030 p.m. Eastern. You know how marathons go. It could be a little bit earlier, a little bit later. Uh, but yeah, if you are interested in checking out a crowd control of a link to the past on sort of a larger stage, um, Andy uh, will be will be playing through it. So check that out. And I think that's twitch.com slash um, Yo, twitch.com. ESA. Heck yeah. Dude. <laughs> Twitch. Oh, my God. Twitch.tv. The boomer here. <laughs> Wait, what does twitch.com do? I don't I mean, know. It, it probably just redirect, <laughs> but. Uh, you it get could to have do been it, one of those uh, fake sites, you know, where it's like, please log into your Twitch.com account. Twitch.tv slash ESA Marathon is the uh, URL, and we'll have that in the Twitch.com does well, redirect, so. by the way. I went into an yeah, incognito okay. browser and was <laughs> like, all right. But yeah, it's ESA Marathon. <laughs> Twitch.tv slash ESA Marathon. That's a, that's a strange time for a crowd control race for, for a European stream, I think. Mm-hmm. I it's mean, kind of it's, a middle of the night sort it's of thing. It's probably fine, but that's if it is 10:30 p.m. EST, that's like 4:30 in the morning on a Friday that's morning. True. So nobody will be watching except for Americans. And this is an in-person event. Uh-huh. I wonder if Andy's actually going to be there? I mean, probably. He is. I want to there now. Cool. Oh, nice. Yeah, that's like, fun. Uh, as we're recording this um because I I am that guy who multitasks with multiple monitors, but I uh I am looking uh, 
at the NMG Weekly, and Andy is actually running that from ESA, uh, kind of as like a little mini stream, because uh, they apparently have provided him with a, a setup he can stream from uh, for a little while, I guess, <laughs> uh, while he's there. So he's actually in this race, um, and uh, yeah, it's kind of cool, I guess. Oh, nice. <laughs> so I mean, fun. it's 9.20 p.m. right now on a Sunday. No better time to run NMG than now. That's right. Oh, I mean, that's yeah. that's Aries' motto, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I, I did want to, uh, mention that real quick. Also, I think it's hilarious that this is taking place in Malmo, Sweden and community member Malmo is there. So Malmo is in Malmo now. <laughs> Malmo's in Malmo now. I mean, it, uh, it was destined, obviously. That's uh, a little <laughs> yeah. bit of inception going on there. <laughs> Absolute inception. Um, okay. So now we finally come by it honest. Let's go ahead and hit the GMP community updates. So not much to say except that the Go Mode Podcast Mentor Tournament 2022, uh, we are planning on having our first general admin call to discuss it, you know, start to think of what's going to need to be done and by when. We're having that call this weekend as you're listening to this. So I think this is probably the earliest we've ever had a planning call schedule. But I think we found last year, you know, we, some pretty specific things that we wanted to make sure we changed for next year. And uh, shout outs to LaMaga for keeping us all honest and, you know, pinging us and being like, hey, let's let's get it going. Uh, and that's exactly what we're doing. And looking forward to uh, just like absolutely attacking this one, making sure that it's the best one, best run MT that we've done. And uh, yeah, stay tuned for more details as always. Uh, and that just leaves us with the biweekly seeds. So uh, the last one we did, episode 92, that was in all dungeons. I played that one. Um, I did that thing where I did it in a few sessions. I like played half of it one day and then paused it and came back and played the other half the next day, um, which is a little disorienting sometimes, but I, there was just no way I was going to get this in one sitting. Um, and I'm glad I did that because it meant that I got to play. Uh, I'm not glad, however, that I decided to leave Swamp without checking the big chest after getting the big key on the boss. Thought I could take a, a little bit of a calculated risk there, but I was wrong because the ice rod was in there. So that did not go so great for me. But, you know, you live and learn. Um, I should have just went back and checked it instead of trying to get cheeky. <laughs> so uh, what are we going to do for episode 93? Because obviously, as we've said, we are going to be talking about sequence breaking today. And I'm sort of tempted to you know, try to tie that into our seed, but it would definitely require some plan doing. So I don't know. What do you guys think? Uh, I think using the customizer or plan doing anything will always come out. Not the way that you wanted it to, because yeah. it'll make all kinds of weird, you know, leaps and bounds and jumps in the logic to make it work. <clears throat> I think maybe a better idea is to just give, our listeners a more normal quote unquote seed and encourage them to try to sequence break a bunch of things that they maybe normally wouldn't do or something along those lines. Mm -hmm. You know, we have done that in the past and in, it's like kind of amazingly worked out where we're like, we're not going to make you do this. Just think about doing it. And then a perfect situation, you know, organically comes up in the seed where people <laughs> are faced to have to, you know, do the exact thing we're talking about. So let's just see if we can kind of channel that energy this time and see if we get lucky. So we'll just do what? You just want to do like an, an open 7-7? Seven, seven yeah, yeah, maybe yeah. something like that. Or maybe maybe okay. let's do a standard C to also, you know, commemorate the release of Tinthot MSU for all the listeners who might not have gotten a chance oh, to try yeah. it yet. 
That's a good call. Yeah. Okay. So let's do a standard uh, and we will uh, really, I'll have a link to Tim.msu nearby. And if you haven't checked it out and you want to use it, uh, I also created a web page uh, or a page on the Go Mode Podcast website that gives a very like simple, plain language instruction on how to use an MSU pack if you've never used one before. Um, so if you're a more casual player that, uh, you know, can't just like download these PCM files and play them that way, you're like, what the hell? give me an MP3. Like, what are you even talking about? Then this is the best way to play a seed and have this be the soundtrack if you're, you know, curious to check it out before it, you know, gets albumized. Uh, so, yeah, Irv, thanks for, for calling that out. We'll do a standard. We'll put the link there. And uh, also, of course, as we kind of started with this, look for those opportunities to sequence break and uh, let us know in the spoiler channel how, how that played out for you. All right, and with that, we are ready to talk about sequence breaking. So let's start our feature. Okay, so I, we we had a, a you know pretty spirited conversation about this last week, where we were trying to talk about how we were going to tackle this topic. Um, is it going to be a two-parter, you know, was one thing, or even a three-parter, one thing that we kind of went over. Um, should we come up with examples of sequence breaking? Yes. Um, and I think what we de- <laughs> what we decided on, wait, what did you say? I just said yes. You should. You said, should we come up with examples? So yeah, I said yes. we should have. Maybe we should have. We, we didn't end up doing that because what we ended up doing is just kind of doing, you know, finding a way to generally talk about sequence breaking as we typically do with most topics, just a, just a light touch on kind of every aspect of it. Uh, but I did want to start by sort of defining sequence breaking, maybe going over a couple, uh, you know, misconceptions, making sure that we're all on the same page about what exactly it is. And then we can examine it in, in a little bit more and detail. The reason so we're, we're keeping yeah. this like this, as far as like having to come up with some misconceptions and diffuse those is because our very own temp had a couple of misconceptions and mm-hmm. we had to we diffused that because I was very, I was very adamant at temp about this. <laughs> a lot of times what you think are misconceptions are just me trying to generalize and you finding one small thing wrong with that generalization and dispelling <laughs> the whole statement completely. <laughs> so there will be some of that. It is guaranteed, but I would maybe push back a little bit on like I was wrong about things uh, because I'm, not- I'm stubborn as hell and, oh, okay. and I'm not going to give you that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I'm going to attempt to define sequence breaking, and then we're going to talk about uh, some of those misconceptions. So what is sequence breaking? And again, this is all in the context of A Link to the Past Randomizer. So a sequence break is a trick, usually a glitch, but not always, that allows you to check an item location that is out of logic. And out of logic is in quotation marks there. We're going to talk about what that means in a, in a moment here. So if you ever play using Emo Tracker, as a lot of people do, um, these are checks that show up as a yellow box rather than, you know, a green box or blue or red or some of the other colors that you see. So the yellow box means that, you know, you could sequence break and get the thing that is here, but it is not, quote, in logic, unquote. You know, it's out of logic. Uh, other tracker, you know, like Dunkus tracker, it has all of them, you know, by default that are just all of them are shown and they're either red or green based on whether you can get them or not. It doesn't signify whether something is, um, can be um, sequence does. broken. No, it does now. Does it? Um, there's by b- default blue. Yeah. Blue will give you or show you things you can sequence break. Um, and then there's like uh, orange, which is like viewable, but not obtainable. Red is just you're not supposed to obtain it, basically, even though I think some of those are 
Uh, that, that one's a little out of date, I think, with the red, because there is, you know, like Waterfall Cave. We're going to talk about that. Um, that is uh, that that is like not shown on the tracker. I guess I should bug him about that. But yeah, like, <laughs> well, and yeah. So the, the way I checked this when I was writing it was I opened up Duncan Tracker with a map. And by all accounts, the man under the bridge should be sequence breakable from the very beginning of the game but no matter how many items i give except for flippers it's still red well the other thing is to to kind of show my point if you have it open uh if if you click on a glove it changes the uh and especially if you give it hook shot it gives it more meaning but you'll be able to see that uh oh there are some blues there yeah the blues are up all all up on the mountain uh, if you don't have a lamp or a flute um yeah but it, there, yeah. there is so theoretically the for that. Like it, it is there. It's yeah. just not for every single sequence break. Gotcha. So theoretically, a sequence break shows up as blue on uh, on Dunka's tracker. Uh, but as we've just sort of seen in real time, there are some uh, examples that show up as red, even though they technically could be blue because they can be sequence broken. Mm-hmm. Cool. Okay. So uh, we we mentioned you know out of logic versus in logic a moment ago. So what does it mean for something to be out of logic? So to answer this question, remember how the game fills items. You know the item fill when you, a seed is first generated. It goes to the end of the game and then moves towards the beginning with the way that it fills it up. Right. So it's making sure that you can have certain items in order to get other items. When something is out of logic, it means that you've received it before the game expected you to get it, uh, and it has opened up the opportunity for you to check checks that you the game didn't think you were going to be able to get. And that's when I say the game, that's referring to the game's logic, hence the out of logic part of it. Yeah. So now that that's cleared up, uh, one of the misconceptions that we kind of came upon first is when I initially was sort of pitching this idea to Dante and Herf, I wanted to start with the generalization about glitches. Um, that was something along the lines of there are only, as far as I can tell in ALTTPR, there's two kinds of glitches. There's ones that make you go faster And there's ones that allow you to sequence break. Um, And uh, I guess the misconception, Herf, if if would you take uh, would you take any umbrage in what I just said uh, by itself? Uh, mm, I have to Google maybe a little just (laughs) (laughs) disagree with. (laughs) No, I know what that means. I'm just you know not a hundred percent. I wouldn't like be like no, that's wrong. But I think that's a little bit oversimplifying it, maybe. Uh-huh. Well, I, I guess what I meant to do was set you up for kind of basically what you had said, mm-hmm. you know, in the moment was uh, it's not fair to say that. A, I was thinking that a glitch is basically defined by the fact that it lets you sequence break, except for the situations where it lets you go faster. And your response was, well, there are there is such a thing as a dark room, which mm-hmm. is a sequence break, but not a glitch. Yeah. So it's one of those square and rectangle situations where they're not equal. One defines the other, but the other is not defined by the first. Yeah. So my my issue with that statement that you were talking about was uh, there are a lot of sequence break, maybe even the majority of sequence breaks that are made possible by a glitch or you know doing a trick whatever you might want to call it uh be it a, an ice palace bomb jump or uh a, 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 an icebreaker or a diver down or stuff like that you know diver down is a very small sequence break i would say 
you know, it doesn't have massive logic implications, but all of those are sequence breaks that are made possible by the glitches. But I think it's important to view glitches and sequence breaks as like two separate entities. They're hmm. definitely related, but they're not the same thing. Yeah. And I can't disagree with that at all, for sure. I mean, they are not the same thing, especially the dark room example. Mm-hmm. I think that's really the main, you know, um, the, the main point against it. Uh, but I do think, you know, like one of the things we were talking about is like, can we, if we're talking about sequence breaking, can we just talk about it from a glitch perspective, you know, which glitches allow which sequence breaks. But again, for the reasons Herf said, you know, that it oversimplifies it a little bit too much and it kind of conflates the two in a way that's maybe not helpful for people to hear. Like it's not good of, it's not that it's not particularly helpful to think of the glitches as a means to sequence breaking uh, because that's not always the case. And there's kind of other things that you should be considering mm-hmm. something along those lines. Um, Dante, what are your kind of thoughts so far on the sequence breaking versus glitch thing? I mean, do you pretty much agree with where we're at right now or was there anything else you wanted to add? No, I mean, I'm right there with you at this point. Um, I, I, the only reason I brought up what I did earlier for clarification for everybody, because it sounds like, I, I guess it might sound like me and Tim are mad at each other, but Tim said, <laughs> I, we need to talk about the glitches that allow for sequence breaking because, or something like that. And I just took it as an ultimatum of, of glitches equal sequence breaks. And I was like, time out. <laughs> We're not doing this. <laughs> um, but yeah, like a lot of times, like, like Tim was saying there, uh, most of the, tricks or glitches that we we discuss they do allow for those sequence breaks um and they kind of in some ways you know do go hand in hand and then sometimes they don't so but you know just this is like i, I think that what we're going to talk about here might be a little bit of like rando uh competitive rando 102 instead of 101 if you don't know mm-hmm. like some of the tricks that go along with these uh you may want to check out one of our mini episodes like top top 10 tricks that you want to learn for rando and uh that might be rando 101 uh if this is the the rando 102 course so uh just kind of putting that little bit of a disclaimer because we don't want to spend if we start talking about the tricks and how to execute them and everything we're going to be especially with me on the podcast we're going to be here for like two hours (laughs) and then another three hours after that (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I mean, yeah, we're on episode 93 at this point, so you got to give us a little bit of leeway when it comes to building on conversations we've already started. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, I, yeah. I just uh, thought of uh, another good example, I think, uh, as far as, you know, glitches aren't sequence breaks. Mm-hmm. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, think of Hammer Yump and how usually people set it up where you, you know, throw a bomb over there and you bomb over and stuff like that. But if I'm not mistaken, you can also hover over there and then rail clip, right? You can, yes. Mm-hmm. It's, so, it's much harder and precise, but yes. Well, yes, but, you know, it's the same sequence break in that you're skipping the dark maze or you're going into it from the back. It's not a very huge sequence break again, but it's the mm. same sequence break, but made possible by two completely different glitches. Yeah. Interesting. I guess in that same vein that you've got like, you know, splash delete versus um, water, you know, like water walking yeah. to get your yeah. Zora ledge item. There's multiple glitches exactly. that can get you the same sequence break. Exactly. It's an interesting angle. Kind Look of a different Herf way to kind of back into it. But. One seed in 2022 or something like that. <laughs> and he is the smartest one on the podcast now. Bam. Like, these concepts are timeless. You that's know? Like, why since I still the game have a job. Invented. 
<laughs> yeah, because <laughs> you, you know how to turn it on this during performance. The 2022 <laughs> Rando Champion coming in right here. Yeah, yeah, sure, definitely. <laughs> there it is. Uh, so the way that we've been talking about sequence breaking, it kind of makes it seem like more trouble than it's worth. You know, if it's OK, well, if it's dangerous and it's going to confuse you and all that, then why, why even bother with it in the in the first place? Well, obviously, there's a lot of really good reasons to sequence break. So I feel like it makes sense to just enumerate some of those. Now, the main one, you know, that kind of just comes straight from the name sequence break is it's a great way to circumvent long, drawn out logic chains that the game would otherwise, you know, quote unquote, want you to take. You know, if you can, if if there's a fetch quest that, you know, at the very end of it, you finally get uh, gloves, but instead you can sequence break and get a pair of gloves somewhere else. And then, you know, eventually get around to getting the gloves another way. That's probably a terrible example. Uh, but <laughs> I think you kind of get where I'm going with this. If you can, if you can, you know, get to the end point of a fetch quest uh, a different way than going through the entire fetch quest, you've saved yourself a ton of time. Um, and it's all thanks to a sequence break. So that's obviously one reason. The sequence break that always comes to mind for me the most is the opportunity, the potential to get out of having to do Aga 1 for your Dark World access. If you can sequence break uh, Dark World access, say, you know, you you find a glove when the game intended for you to get maybe your hammer on the pyramid after doing Aga or something like that. Mm-hmm. And you get your glove and you sequence break into Dark World and you pick up your hammer uh, you know, that way you just skip the chance. You skip the reason for having to do Aga one. So that is absolutely huge. I mean, as we know, that's a, it's an extra like, you know, four to six minutes uh, depending on, you know, boots or not. So that is a, a huge sequence break. And I think a really relatable uh, and understandable one from, you know, from, from an uh, uh, even early on in someone's rando career. Um, another thing that I realized kind of while putting this outline together is a really neat aspect of sequence breaking is that it gives you more information about what items could potentially be in what locations. And we'll talk about this in more detail later on, but by sequence breaking, you sort of automatically check off items that can't be in certain places if you just follow the logic a little bit further. And knowledge about what item is where is extremely important. It comes at a premium in this game. Um, so I think those are the strongest reasons. There's others, you know, uh, sometimes sequence breaking is just something different to do than your opponent. Maybe you want to try to, you know, clown on them a little bit if you feel like they've got the execution advantage on you. Um, so it kind of opens up additional routing options. Um, another thing it does is that, you know, especially if you do some of the sequence breaks at the beginning of the game, it's just more checks in general, which is going to give you more heart pieces, more potential for bottles, uh, blue cane, you know, other kind of safeties like that. So just being able to expose yourself to more checks it can make the game a little bit uh, easier on yourself if you yeah. sequence break for checks early. Mm-hmm. So um, so those were just some that I kind of thought of here while putting together our outline. Do you guys have any other or maybe you want to like highlight any of these in particular uh, reasons to sequence break? Mm, I think this what you mentioned covers it pretty well as far as the standard use goes. Uh, I think a more general thing is maybe just, you know, to go faster. But I guess that's kind of the idea for the whole game, you know. So (laughs) you probably don't really. It's kind of, I think this is kind of what Herf is trying to say. It's like for routing convenience. Um, Yeah. Sequence Mm. breaks are more often swept under the rug, let's call it, 
uh, in stuff that involves key sanity because of all the key logic that we've talked about in previous episodes where if you use a key on a door that requires like four keys of a dungeon and you have two, then, you know, you can say, well, this is behind this many keys. And then kind of maybe it's a little harder to, but kind of guesstimate, okay, well, if I need another key for this dungeon, it can't be behind this item or, you know, maybe it can, but odds are it's probably not, you know, like gaining that info like Temp was talking about is a good thing, but you know, just for routing convenience of like density, um, you know, making sure you are making the smart play because logically like everything isn't when you play in the logic only, it's not always the smartest play, you know, for, for time's sake, at least. Yeah. Yeah. I think another good way to think about that or to what, what Dante is trying to get to is, uh, if you're already in the area, you know, why not check it? Like, uh, if you're fluting, you found a flute for, uh, your dark, uh, dark, uh, death mountain, not dark mountain for your death mountain access. Mm-hmm. You flute up there. Uh, I would say a lot of people, the first thing they do, regardless of if they have the lamp or not is walk into the old man cave and grab the old man uh-huh. and just get him out of there because you're already there. Why would you not, you know, take that check with you? It's not an especially hard dark room, but officially, it's a sequence break because you're not supposed to be in there without a lamp. Mm, man. So this is so tricky. I, I think that's a really great point. You're talking about like proximity. Like if you're already in the area, go ahead and check this thing. But it's, I almost want to say that doesn't that sound more like a, a reason to glitch than a reason to sequence break. And I know that sounds totally uh, arbitrary, but based on the conversation that we had earlier, that's that's like a reason you're you're the it's a re- good reason to glitch to get that one item because you're not going to be around there later. But I would say it's not a good reason to sequence break or it's, it's what you're doing isn't sequence breaking because you're not. I guess that kind of brings along a different definition of sequence breaking. It's like you're going out of your way to try to look for things that are going to progress your route through the game. You're not doing it for that at that point. You're just doing it because you're not going to be around later. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, is I that, see what is you're that saying, but why are, you saying, why are you saying glitch to do the check? Well, again, so it's not in logic. It's clearly not in logic if you're saying you're okay, going to so sequence it, break okay, it. Yeah, we're sequence breaking it. But like, I mean, we, we said this earlier, like, I don't know. It's a dark room. That's it. It's just if you know the dark room, you can do it. There's no there's no hard trick. Like, it's not like you don't have to hover to get the old man. You don't have to bomb jump. You don't have to you know, icebreaker or anything along those lines. Right. It's just a knowledge thing. It's just go through it. So and, and that's like the purest sequence break in my head because there's no, there's no glitching. There's no trick. There's no, it's just the memory thing. I think at that point, right? Yeah. I think the, 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 the definition difference here is temp. You seem to think of a sequence break as someone, if you're, Thinking of, you know, you start the rando seat and then at the end you're in the Triforce room and you think of it as sort of a straight line and you're mm-hmm. finding shortcuts to jump ahead in that line via sequence yeah. breaking. Okay. And that's not really what a sequence break is. <laughs> it okay. is. It I, mean, is. I, I, I thought that was great. I thought that was such a good explanation of what a sequence break is. It is How is that different? It is sometimes, but a sequence break is anything that is out of the logic 
Okay, I, I, I think I'm understanding your distinction. Right? Yeah. It kind of ma- matters what like a progressive item is. It kind of matters if the game logic considers you currently with your current loadout able to check that spot you're, that you're checking, which if you're going into the dark cave to get the old man, the game thinks you're out of logic or doesn't know that you're in logic because you shouldn't have been in there without a lamp. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's a sequence break as far as the definition for the game goes. But yeah, it, it's not a sequence break in your definition because the old man might give me a single arrow and that doesn't get me anywhere. Right. I gotcha. It just gives you the okay. save and quit point at that point. Like, and that's why. Right, right. That's, that's a benefit of the old man. But, you know, let's say the, the dark room in Eastern Palace where you get to the big chest, uh, the big key chest, and then you get a single arrow out of that. That gets you absolutely yeah. nothing. Right. Yeah. Okay. But it's still a sequence break. I gotcha. No, that that makes sense. I, I'm I'm with you now. I I think broadening the definition is appropriate. Makes mm-hmm. sense. Okay. Cool. All right. Well, there was one thing I think that we all landed on pretty comfortably that we wanted to make sure that we communicated in this episode. Uh, and you kind of mentioned it, Dante, when you said that sequence breaking is sort of swept under the rug a little bit. And I think you were kind of speaking to this statement. Um, and maybe I'll even like put a little bit of like boomy echo behind my voice right here to really emphasize it. Sequence breaking has consequences. So that's all we really want to make sure that you walk away from this knowing. It's okay to sequence break. In fact, it's the right thing to do sometimes, like almost objectively. Uh, You just need to understand the ramifications of checking the items when you check them and getting the items when you get them in logic, out of logic. Knowing what that means is really the the most powerful kind of knowledge you can glean from from all of this and and hopefully um something that you're you're really keen on thinking about when you're when you're playing and when you're routing so with that in mind um now that we've kind of set up sequence breaking we kind of talked about definitions a little bit um let's start with kind of what we talked about doing initially which is looking at a few of the more popular sequence breaking opportunities specifically ones that are kind of earlier on in the seed um just cuz they're they're a little bit more i think universal uh and and understandable and kind of wrap our brains around them as examples pretty well uh and let's let's just talk about kind of, you know, a few maybe hypothetical scenarios of things to keep in mind and reasons to, you know, engage in, in some of these sequence breaks. So I think the, the probably the most common one is one that we've practically devoted a whole episode to. Um, you know, when we <laughs> when we had Kern on, we talked all about um, uh, water glitches and a lot of it revolved around sequence breaks that happened in the South Hy- Hyrule area um, as a result of fake flippering, splash deleting, um, you know, water walking, doing some of those, those other things. So there's a, a, a quite a few checks that are on the line here. Uh, namely one that we talked a little bit about before when we were looking at Duncan's tracker, the man under the bridge. Uh, this one I think is notable because it's kind of the sequence break that presents itself to you first before you have any other items, you can immediately uh, fake flipper over to this guy and check what he's got. And before you find the flippers, that is a total sequence break. And depending on what you find there, it could be a drastic game changer for your routing, um, especially if you're going up against an opponent and they put that off. Uh, so man under the bridge absolutely has to be considered. But then of course there's way more than that. There's, you know, if you have the moon pearl, you've got the two, uh, waterfall of wishing chests. If you've got 500 rupees, you can now check Zora. And as we talked about earlier, you've got the Zora ledge, which you can either splash delete or water walk to, depending on the items that you have. Um, so 
uh, kind of backing up now that we've defined these, um, you know, sequence breaks, is this something that you guys do often? Because I'll have to say, I, I turn to the fake flipper and, and doing these sequence breaks pretty frequently in, in my routing. I would say most times I, I at least check man under the bridge, if not more, uh, in, in the early seed. What about you guys? Um, for me personally, I'm probably more inclined to leave the man under the bridge alone if I'm sequence breaking it. Uh, I'm probably more likely to go to the Zora area and then here comes your favorite term, Timp. Uh, it really kind of depends on do I have the money? Do I have the moon pearl to also get the uh, waterfall fairy chest? Uh, I, I feel like this is a much more attractive sequence break when you're faced with the one thing that you mentioned earlier, which is, can I maybe skip Agawan by fake flippering the Zora and, you know, grabbing my moon pearl from Zora or whatever it might be that might be hidden there. Uh, and I think that's also when you see it a lot. It's kind of become a very standard sequence break, as you mentioned. I think a lot of people do that when they're checking the south shore and they might run over to ice rock cave and then when they come back they fake flipper jump in uh, maybe mm -hmm. check the man under the bridge and come back out and then uh, take the warp to zora or maybe just go for the warp zora directly uh but yeah i'm i'm more inclined to you know put it a little later in my theoretical checks for early game i guess is what i'm trying to say hmm. Dante, what about you uh man under bridge it <laughs> It is highly dependent on my mood. Um, <laughs> like if I don't have a How quick, dare you. if I don't get back there, I feel like I have a quick way back. Uh, probably it, 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 doing the, the, the bridge check is literally just my in the moment feeling. Like if I'm short mm. Zora money, I'm mooring and I want to do the like waterfall, but I'm close to Zora money. I'm more inclined to just go ahead and do it. Uh, maybe I get lucky and there's some money there. Um, a lot of times, like if I have mirror already, that's a good indicator. I'll probably try and put it off. I know I can't get flippers mm. there. Uh, and if I were to get flippers, then I can, you know, do that around the pod area or pyramid. Um, you know, maybe find a cozy way to route that in just to save a little bit of time on swimming and screen transitions. But, um, mm. it's, that that's kind of, you know, there's no... For me, there's no, I'm not doing this ever because of X, Y, and Z. It's, it's so dependent on my loadout. Um, and honestly, just literally the mood I'm in. Like if I feel like I'm, you know, I, I've said this before, like tough opponents, I may need to skip some stuff. So mm -hmm. I, you know, I, I don't, I feel like if I swim all the way there and swim all the way back, I'm probably giving up some time. So, uh, you know, maybe that's, maybe that's a time to put it off or completely skip it, you know? Yeah. You mentioned something in there that I think is extremely important, even though it might be kind of obvious, I think it's going to set us up for better understanding later, which is the fact that the flippers can never be with the man under the bridge, right? Because you have to have the flippers to get there. The game assumes that you have it in order to check that. Yeah. So I just I just want you to store that little nugget away in the back of your brain and, and I will reference it later. But um, let's just remember, you know, things can't be in an area where it would require that item to get it. Um, so just we'll come back. Yeah, to that's that, that is uh, that the is next logic. <laughs> 
Yes, that is logic. That is such a <laughs> that is so true. That <laughs> is <like> logic. <laughs> that is the definition of logic. That is so true. Um, okay, so the next one is uh, Death Mountain, and I think this one is pretty unique because. Um, you know, unlike the, you know, handful of checks that we just discussed, which kind of caps out at, you know, f- five, I think, uh, or four, really, um, those water checks. This one, you know, let's say if your flute and your lantern are just absolutely nowhere to be found, um, you know, but you do have your gloves, you can get up there and let's say you also have your hookshot and your mirror and your hammer, you know, there could be like almost like I'm not going to count them, but may, I have to say at least 15 checks up there that you could, you could sequence break to check, uh, you know, in the right situation. So, you know, there's something to be said for like sequence breaking up there and just checking the spec rock checks and kind of being done and not having anything else to do, but it's a whole nother thing altogether. When you have so many items that you could even do dark death mountain and technically it's a sequence break at that point, it's kind of like, you got to get up there. Like you can, you can either go around and check those like little light world and dark world checks, you know, those one-offs here and there, or you can go up to the mountain and get, you know, 15 to 20 items in five minutes. And yes, they are all sequence broken, but like, that's, that's a huge uh, glut of items that you're kind of just leaving on the table. Um, what, what do you, what do you guys think about a, a situation like the one that I've described? Dante, would you say like, absolutely get up there? Or would you say maybe it's better to go up there once it's in logic? What are your thoughts? Um, so let's, let's, let's use an example, right? Okay. Um, sure. Uh, cause this is kind of where I wanted to pull an example from a ladder race I watched this week. So if you've done, you know, like the normal, you've done all your CAC stuff and you've done your escape and crap like that. Um, and you've got nothing to directly clear a dungeon with. Um, but you've only cleared like say two dungeons. Then at that point, it's very attractive because if you've got like say mirror and hookshot, you know, and hammer and pearl, uh, there's a good chance that, maybe the mitts are up there. Um, and if that's the case, then if you were to get mitts there, you also can check the dark world items, which adds even more yeah. item checks for you to knock out. So it's, um, it's very enticing. Now, if I am, uh, here's a, here's a personal example. Uh, if I am one item from go mode and it is the flute and I don't have a lamp yet, um, I'm probably not going to be going up there. Now, at least not initially, because what if the flute is also my logical access to get up there? Uh, the, the example mm. I'm referencing there is when I played against Tam and swordless in league, uh, my flute was my go mode, but I also didn't have a lamp. And, uh, I think neither one of us touched the mountain in that entire seed. Um, mm. and it, like I had one or two checks that I was doing. And if that wasn't, if, if nothing was there, like I think I needed the book or the flute to have desert access. I didn't need to get to Meyer. Um, if I remember correctly. Uh, and if I had a lamp, then logically, you know, it, the, the mountain would be available. So I, mm-hmm. I chose to stay in logic and hoping that either the book showed up or the flute showed up and, Luckily, the flute showed up in my case, which gave me go mode because then I could mirror and get in the desert, etc. Uh, that's technically not a sequence break, but the lamp was also in logic down below. So like 
you could have both of those items to get to the mountain. Um, mm-hmm. But like if, if it's early on, uh, yeah, like I'm, I'm going probably going to the mountain just because there's like a thousand things up there that you can, uh, <laughs> you know, look for. Hope to find. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Maybe you get some information yeah. and that's kind of where I want to pull from another example um, if I can. So mm-hmm. if you entertain me, yeah. pull up, pull Absolutely. up a map tracker really quick. This won't take, but just a little <laughs> bit. Um, okay. And I'll tell you what items I want you to put on it. Just let me know when you're ready. I'm ready. All right. So put on a bow, a glove, a uh, hammer, a hook, a mirror, a blue cane, quake. I think that's everything. Uh, you can put boots too, because it was a casual boots race that I saw this in. What about moon pearl? Uh, moon pearl. Yes. Uh, master sword. Okay. If you want to go as far as the sword part. So, you know, you're all set as far as like okay. being able to kill Ganon and most of the bosses. Um, so mm-hmm. while you sequence break the mountain, you are using your, um, using your glove because you do not have a flute and you are going through a dark room. Uh, and then once you get into like say tower of Hera, you find a cane. So now you've got the red cane. And then while you're starting to check other things, you get like paradox, you get your mitts. So okay. we're getting a little closer to things, you know, that you need to complete the seed. Um, and then uh, you get flippers as well on the mountain. So that's that's a lot of items, like progressive items, uh, to complete complete the game. Um, mm-hmm. At this point, uh, given I haven't said what the dungeon the dungeons are, but uh, basically your pendants. This is really all you need to know here: uh, is Skull Woods, Ice Palace, and and uh, I about said Trinex, uh, Turtle Rock. So. Okay. The rest are crystals. Um, you use your flippers and the mirror and hook that you already have and you go to swamp. So this is kind of like where sequence breaking, I guess, can go wrong in a way, but it can also go mm-hmm. right. Uh, so while you're in swamp, you find a book and OK, well, I can get to desert now. That's kind of cool. Uh, guess I, you know, all I need is a flute. Um, so fast forwarding a little more. Uh you find in desert using your book, a lamp. Now, where can you try and deduce the flute is? Oh, no. <laughs> see, I'm, I'm just looking at a sea of green on the tracker that I've been well, keeping yeah, and track see, of. I haven't been like, yeah, n- we haven't been marking, marking off item off. trackers. Yeah. yeah. So here's, here's what you can deduce. And, and I'll, I'll, I'll just kind of throw this all out there. So everything mm-hmm. that's flipper locked cannot have the flute. Everything that's mitts locked okay. cannot have the flute. Everything yeah. that is book locked cannot have the flute. Uh, and the, the few things that maybe Samaria locks also cannot have the flute. So, mm-hmm. you know, you've, you're about 35, 40 minutes into the seed at this point. Um, at least the runner I was watching was. And so they're trying to drastically figure out what, what should I be doing? And of course doing it in heat of the moment is always tough, but, um, basically (laughs) long story short, flute ends up showing up graveyard ledge and that's go mode. Okay. Um, but graveyard ledge is kind of a terrible check all by itself. Um, you know, given everything and, um, yeah, like fire rod ended up being in pendant skull woods for what that's worth. Now I'm guessing that this graveyard ledge check 
it was one of the only ones that was available before a lot of the sequence breaking started. Uh, actually, no. There were a few other small things available um, in that particular uh-huh. race. And, I, and I'm not going to say who it was because uh, I, don't, I don't know if they wanted me to. But um, but yeah, it's just it was a really crazy thing because I've never seen like where it just hit me where uh-huh. that's such a a big, huge flag of I got all this information and then these items were behind my out of sequence items. So where can I deduce my go mode item is? And that actually gave you an opportunity to deduce out, like to reduce your uh, amount of checks. Um, uh-huh. But doing it on the fly is difficult. I mean, right. Uh, you know, so, but being saying I can look like, knock off everything that's mitts, everything that's flippers, everything that's, you know, cane and book, all of those things all at one time is, is kind of, it's kind of neat and interesting. And that's kind of where the puzzle aspect of this and doing the puzzle efficiently, quickly, so on and so forth, um, comes into play. But that, that's kind of like yeah. an example I wanted to give of like how sequence breaking can be very volatile because it opened up the mitts opened up so much. Uh, you know, you could have gone to Pendant Ice Palace. Uh, if you had the medallion, uh, you could have gone to Pendant Turtle Rock with that cane uh, had you had the fire rod at that point. But all of that's like wasted time because all you need is that flute. So, yeah. 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 So, uh, well, thank you for sharing that example. I think that's that's going to be fun for folks to maybe try to play along and see if they can find, you know, deduce the answer or at least, you know, one of the few places it could be yeah. along in real time. And I didn't give I, um, I could give a longer one. I don't want to do that because, you know, I could list off everything to check off and all that. But that's that's not going to sure. be like beneficial for time. Sure. Understood. Um, and I, I think this is a good time to like kind of close the loop that I started earlier uh, talking about, you know, items, you know, the how the flippers can never be at the man under the bridge. And this is why. I, and maybe you can help me kind of craft this statement, Dante. But I, I, I was kind of stumbling along something, putting together this, together the outline. And it's something along the lines of um, when you find something sequence broken, the places that it can't be, it ta- it adopts the uh, list of places that it can't be from below it, right? So like if you know that you don't have the flippers, everything that's flipper locked, when you find the flippers under a sequence break, that adopts it and kind of becomes part of the list of places where it can't be. Does that make any sense at all? Or do you, do you get what I'm like grasping at? Kind of. It, um, it's, uh, it's kind of what, what, what I'm getting at too. It's like, it's, you have to exactly. know the logic. It's, it's just a different way of saying it. Um, but yeah, like a just much because, worse way of saying, it. I was hoping you and I could find a better way to like, well, like wrap it in a nice little bow. If but. you get something that opens up new checks, but you get it out of logic, then you can't go chasing the item that would logically get you that item where that yeah. item leads to like, that's like put that that is the definition of putting the cart before the horse as far as logic goes. Yeah. I think that's yeah. that's the best way I can put it in my small brain. Yeah. <laughs> no, I we're both like really circling it. Uh it's but I, I hopefully, you know, our listeners have have gotten gotten kind of what we're getting at through so many words. Um uh are there any other specific kind of sequence break opportunities. Um, you know, we've, we've called out a couple. Are there any others that you, that either one of you want to kind of examine under a little bit more of a microscope? Mm, it's, 
it's really kind of hard to find good examples that you can kind of generalize in a way uh, because they vary so much in size. Mm -hmm. uh, the ones that yes. we've mentioned here, uh, the, the Zora one is like a medium one and the Death Mountain one can be a very small or a very big one, depending on all your other items. Uh, yeah. But as I was alluding to earlier, you know, stuff like Icebreaker or stuff like uh, Diver Down or stuff like a Hammer Yump or whatever. Those are technically yeah. sequence breaks too, but mm -hmm. they're just very localized and very small compared to, you know, the overworld sequence breaks, I guess, that, yeah. you know, might lead you to much crazier stuff. Yeah. Uh, to be fair, yeah. even the small ones can lead you on a crazy item hunt. You know, you you hammer yump and you find some crazy progression item that you're not supposed to have because you don't have the lamp. And that opens up like five more dungeons and suddenly you're like, oh, well, what do I do now? Yeah, exactly. Um, I think, Dante, like the example that you shared, the reason it was so sweeping and so expansive is because it involved both the mountain and, you know, all those flippers checks all yeah. kind of rolled up inside was, of it you and, know and that's why i was saying like the cart before the horse example because there were items found out of logic that led to more items and it was like one of those if uh like if you find or like the the like it, um how do i put this so it, it led to one of the two items that would have put those items in logic but because it was after it then that means, okay, well, I can't really use these either to go and get, you know, what I'm looking for. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I guess. Does that make sense to yeah. you, Tim? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, it does. It does. It, I, think, I think that makes perfect sense. Okay. Um, cool. Okay. So rather than focusing on the individual sequence breaks, now let's kind of shift and, and come at it from a, a side angle here. And let's talk more about the items that you find while sequence breaking and how that can affect things. Um, so one of the things that we kind of brought up in our conversation earlier this week or, or that I brought up that I wanted to kind of talk about in a little bit more depth is the difference between a unique item versus a progressive item like, you know, the swords. There's four locations, but depending on the order you get them in, they make your sword better. Um, something like the swords and sequence breaking and finding a sword earlier than you're supposed to is quite a bit different than sequence breaking and finding like, you know, the hook shot early because there are multiple versions of it. And I think that has a way uh, different consequence than something that there's, you know, multiple of. Uh, so, um, Dante, do you have any kind of general thoughts? Like if you, gloves is another, I think, classic example because they unlock so many things. When you sequence break and you find the gloves, what are like what's like the first thing that goes through your mind in that moment? Um, it means I've got gloves. Uh, but no, uh, it it. it w so what am I sequence breaking? Give me a, give me a more. Can you give me a more like precise? Yeah, let's example? say you under the man. You go to the man under the bridge and you find gloves there. Okay, so uh, what that can mean for me is that most likely I'm going to be getting flippers very soon. Um, if not, I may be getting another glove fairly soon. Uh, uh, the other thing would be I may have the opportunity, we talked about this earlier, to bypass Aga because I got that. So, like, you know, what if, uh, example, um, flippers ended up being on Pyramid and I already had a hammer, but I got the glove from man under bridge already had the pearl. 
well, I can go to dark world, start exploring. I walk up pyramid and I see, you know, flippers at that point. I know, all right, I was able to logically bypass, you know, having to do Aga tower to, to get to this point logically, which is, is, is nice, uh, in a way. Um, but like, those are things I, I try to look for when I see that. So, um, but yeah, if, if I see, you know, gloves there, then I, I either think flippers are coming early or there's an opportunity to capitalize and save some time. Uh, whereas the logic would force you to spend more time doing other things. Mm. Yeah. Like we were talking about earlier that one of the really nice things, especially at, at a higher level when, you know, you've got players who execution is kind of like an afterthought because it's down to muscle memory. They can devote all of their thinking power to routing and what is what can and can't be where. And that's where I think, you know, the sequence breaking at the high level is, is really powerful. Um because, you know, as Dante was talking about in that second example, um, you know, if that player, it was a very, very complicated situation. But if they had been able to piece together, you know, where to check for that one item that was in go mode and to, um, you know, ignore all of those other checks because they could, you know, piece together, you know, thinking backwards where it can't be, that saves them a ton of time. So at the end of the day, it's just about, you know, I, I think the the thing that kind of gets me is when you do have those progressive items it complicates it for sure because it doesn't say for sure that okay this item was here which means that you can't find that there it 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 makes it well maybe you know the other one could be somewhere logical where you could have gotten it and then in that case you haven't really sequence broke that much at all or not to say you have it sequence broke, but the item that you found didn't have a huge sequence breaking impact mm-hmm. because you had the other glove available somewhere and you didn't know it versus you found the hookshot. That's the only one. Everything that you can get using the hookshot that is out of logic and you need to proceed with caution, you know, so there, it's just a, it kind of adds an extra layer yeah. at the end like, of the day. Kind of kind of another example. And this one's a little more extreme and very blatant. But like if I'm hovering hookshot cave, I don't have a hookshot yet. Um you know, it's getting late in the seed and swamp is a crystal. So therefore I'm going to have to have a hookshot. Um, if I were to hover hookshot cave and find flippers, <clears throat> I know, you know, you, you know, like without a shadow of a doubt, I don't have to go diving swamp palace to look for my hookshot because those yeah. flippers are locking that like, and that, that's very like, kind of an elementary example of it. Um, but you know, th- that's good. Th- those are the things that you, you look for in the sequence breaks, like th- those are things you can parse pretty quickly. Now, the one that the, the, the long example I gave you, like that one's really hard to parse, especially when I'm kind of saying it to you <laughs> sure. over, you know, really fast. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Uh, speaking of trying to parse all of this, let's take a moment to talk about tracking. Um, so we, we talked a little bit about tra- how trackers handle sequence breaking. Some of the more popular ones will help you out. You know, the programmers of them know, you know, what kind of glitches are used and and legal, you know, and available in certain modes. And they've gone through the trouble of saying, yes, you could get this check, uh, but you would have to, you know, it would it would be a sequence break. You'd have to glitch or go through a dark room or something to get to it. Um, and they mark those with blue, which is super helpful. Uh, but when it comes time to tracking, you know, the items that you received from a sequence break, that's pretty much all on you. There's not very much a tracker is going to be able to do, certainly not legally, that tells you the ramifications of finding a certain item out of logic. So, um, Dante, we'll start with you. Uh, what, what sort of, you know, steps, precautions do you take to try to keep track of all of this in your head? Are you doing any like tracking tracking or is it all mental? 
most of it's mental. Um, sometimes what I'll do now, now I do use auto tracking. Um, so like if I find like something out of logic, it shows up on my tracker. I do not use sphere tracking probably should. Um, sometimes if you watch my tracker, like if I'm thinking about things or kind of parsing things, I might uncheck the item for a bit, uh, on my tracker to give me a, I guess like a quick check myself type situation of, okay, what does, what changed color on the map when I did that, you know, and that's, that, that's an argument for another day about map tracking. But like when you take away your Mm -hmm. mitts, you know, a lot of things could change color. And then it's that point, it's like, all right, so screw all that. You know, if mitts, you know, if I'm looking one thing for go mode and the mitts can't lead to it now, you know, that that's something you can click. Like a lot of times, um, if I'm doing Aga, I'll click Aga done early. Uh, and that way I can kind of see on my map and just give myself a little bit of mental time to say, all right, do I want to analyze going to palace of darkness? That's not clearable. Or do I want to hook across the pond and see everything that's lit up over here? Uh, you know, what, what's the, you know, weighing the pros and cons, um, of what's available and kind of that, that's kind of how I go about doing it. Hmm. I just had a kind of weird thought. Herf, what would you think about somebody like, let's say you sequence break and you find an item that's out of logic. What, mm-hmm. what about just turning it off on your tracker? Just saying, okay, I'm just going to pretend like I didn't find that item. So now only the things that are in logic are lit up and you don't sequence break and get yourself into trouble. Could you ever see somebody, would you ever like advise somebody do that? Or you think that's all around a terrible idea? I mean, if you train yourself to do that and get used to it, sure. I think it will be probably a net negative overall because you're kind of eliminating the reason you might have sequence broken, maybe. Or you're like, if you're not used to it, if you're used to quote unquote the normal tracking variant, you might forget about it and then not see things that might be available, sequence broken or not. And stuff like that, you know, I think it might be weird to do it like that. Maybe if yeah. there was like a separate way on the trackers to mark the item with like yeah. a different background or something, maybe. Yeah, that would be cool. You know, something along, idea. something along those lines or maybe give it like a little symbol in the upper right corner, whatever it may be. But, you know, something to denote, hey, I found this from my first sequence break and it turns, you know, the background turns blue. And then if you go a second level in. You know, because it gets more complicated, the more items you find and the more you follow the sequence break, so to speak. Uh, maybe yeah, it gives I like it that. Different colors or whatever. Yeah, I like that a lot. I wonder if uh, anyone has ever messed around with that. I'm sure somebody probably has has thought about it or, or you know, messed I'm with sure it. it's not very hard to implement. You probably just need to figure out like a right click event or something. It shouldn't be too hard to implement. And I'm sure someone might have done something like, you know, on their own. Every every tracker out there or almost every tracker out there, you can easily modify yourself. Yeah. 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 There's Maybe there's already a way to even do it right now. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah. So I guess in thinking about my own experience with, with sequence breaking, I would say if it got too complicated, I'm probably going to lose track and start checking things that I should have known logically shouldn't have been checked. But generally, fortunately, um, sequence breaks like they're not usually super complicated. I would say most times you sequence break, you find something you're like, oh, hey, that's cool. And at least for me, you know, you just keep in in mind what that opened up and know 
when you check those to kind of take each thing you get with a grain of salt. And then the nice thing is once you finally do find the item that would have let you get the thing that you, you know, this started all the sequence breaking in the first place, it's, it's like you've closed the loop and like you're good to go now. You don't have to stress out so much about that. You know, for instance, let's say you, you do a dark room and then later on you find the lamp. You can say, okay, well, you know, now I know that logically by this time I would have been able to get to this lamp without having sequence broke it and then go back and do the lamp part and then get this item. That would have been ridiculous to do in practice. But from a logical game standpoint, I'm back in the clear and I can I don't have to worry about, you know, what what checks can be where and all yeah. that good stuff. I think uh, going back to to your, you know, unmarking idea from earlier, Tim. In, yeah. and not really, but it's sort of like in my head, at least it's sort of related. I think a good general tip maybe to go by is a less to worry about things that you find and more gleaning the information of what am I still looking for? And can it be anywhere that I just open up with a sequence break? You know what yeah. I'm getting at? Yeah. So if you're still looking for like two or three items for your go mode and you're sequence breaking something and you're finding an item that opens up whatever else, can you somehow glean from that? Would it be beneficial to go there to maybe find one of those three items that I'm still missing? Or is it logically not possible for one of those three items to be there? And so you can maybe rule out a whole dungeon or maybe even more than one dungeon, you know? Mm. Yeah, that's a good way to look at it, too, to just, you know, uh, ask the question on a case by case basis, say, OK, what am I looking for? And then once you decide that, say, OK, where could it be? And then think backwards to, you know, where you've checked and what what mm -hmm. is logical and illogical. Obviously, yeah, that's like that. more of a later game consideration, sure. because, you know, the more items you're still missing, the harder it's going to be to clean any information of where could anything be. But if you're, you know, down to like five or less items, maybe, maybe then you can somehow figure it out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like that. Um, all right. Well, my brain's fried, guys. <laughs> Do you have any <laughs> other final parting thoughts about uh, sequence breaking that you want to share before we wrap this episode up? Uh, I'd say just, you know, don't worry about it too much. Uh, just don't follow the white rabbit for too long. <laughs> yeah if if yeah. you want a sequence break feel free i think it's a very smart thing to do i also think that this comes down to something i tell a lot of people when they start playing rando when you sequence break you need to think about more so why am i doing this why am i making this decision and then how can it affect decisions i'm going to make later on uh, sequence breaking just to sequence break or checking things just to check them because it's what you do not are is, is not the most viable competitive strategy um, mm -hmm. having some kind of knowledge or at least hunch reasoning um, something that makes you want to like if you want to put something off you know like I was talking about hobo earlier and there or the man under bridge and why um you know, I, I like to put him off potentially in some situations uh, that is, you know, kind of where, you know, you, you got to make your own decision. You have to think you can't just blindly do stuff. The more you blindly do stuff, that's, you know, that's probably why, you know, all of the seed times maybe someone plays are around the same time. And they're like, I'm looking to improve. How can I improve? Well, are you thinking about why you're doing stuff? You know, that is the that is the biggest uh, 
thing with Rando. It's not just the physical, you mm-hmm. know, pressing the buttons execution type thing. It is also the mental game of trying to parse these little breadcrumb pieces and make a rough guesstimate of where to go next. Yep. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So true. I mean, you, you know, knowing why you're doing something is so much more important than just doing it because you saw someone else do it. Yeah. And that's that's kind of what this is all about. Cool. All right. Let's wrap it up. OK, so uh, we've talked about this a couple times on and off, and I think it's time to finally just like bring it all out here onto the show. Um, so I've mentioned um, a podcaster that I enjoy listening to. Griffin McElroy has uh, taken a dip into the ALTTPR universe uh, with a new web series. He has every Wednesday he streams on YouTube. Uh, it's called trial by Fieri and ill-advised Zelda. And he's using the Fieri Sprite and he, it's an enemizer one hit KO seed. Um, but other than that, everything else about it is pretty standard in terms of randomization. Um, and it's been super entertaining. It's been a lot of fun. I have been uh, kind of tracking along uh, as I've watched each of these. I've been keeping track of what has been the cause of death for every death that Griffin McElroy has experienced. Um, and I've been keeping track of the total as well. He's died 189 times over six episodes. Uh, and 23 of those were death warps or intentional deaths for one reason or another, which brings the unintentional death count to 166. Um, and I have a breakdown of all of the I, the enemies that have killed him. Uh, the most lethal to him has been Bemos, uh, followed by the boulder. Uh, and then there's a big gap. And then the next closest one is falling down a pit. Uh, and after that, it gets pretty, pretty diverse. But um I have sorted out all of this information into a data studio document. Uh, if you're not familiar, it's, it's a Google property, just like Sheets or, or Word, you know, uh, Google Docs. Um, but it's for displaying like analytics information. And so I'm going to put a link to that in the description for anyone who is curious about how the you know series is progressing along. And I'm just going to go ahead and say I would absolutely love to have Griffin McElroy on the show. It might not be realistic. He might be <laughs> too big of a star. And I don't say that like disparagingly, just like, I mean, that he has an agent, you know, <laughs> like he might just be straight up too big to be on our show. But I would absolutely love to talk to him about his experiences once he's finished with this series. Uh, I think, you know, he would probably have a lot of fun talking about it. He probably just doesn't know that we exist. So. I just want to encourage people to share this link of his stats across his series. Um, I don't think he's on any social media, which makes this very difficult. And I also don't necessarily want people to like bug him or whatever. But uh, if someone happens to like catch one of his streams and you want to say, hey, Griffin, you've died blank amount of times. Um, you know, so there's someone keeping track of it. Here it is. I think that could be a good kind of introduction to say, hey, you know, we're keeping track of this. Happy enjoying the stream. By the way, we have this podcast. We'd love to have you on and talk to you about about the series that you're doing. So uh, that's my you know, I'm being very shameless on this episode with the tim.msu stuff. And now with this, uh, if anyone has any ideas or ways to make Griffin aware of this show and to see if we could at least get an invite to him. That's all I'm asking. I would love for him to be aware of it and to know that he has the opportunity to come on the show. I just don't really know how. I've tried emailing him. I haven't heard anything. I just don't know the best way to get to him. So if anyone has any ideas, let me know. But uh, and also, if you just want to check out the thing, you know, I've, I, again, I'll have a link in the description. I think it's pretty, pretty entertaining uh, stuff all around. And of course, uh, if you haven't checked out the series, I would recommend folks do that. It is very entertaining. So 
That's that's my that's my desperate plea for this episode. Um, <laughs> All right, you can't so, ask for any uh, reviews then. <laughs> like hell, I can. I'll still no, that, you've already had your desperate plea, so we're no more. No, no more pleas. They come in threes. I've had two desperate pleas. <laughs> okay. I have one more desperate plea left to do. Uh, it, it absolutely will be for iTunes reviews. But before I do that, I just want to say that uh, if you want to email us, you can do so by sending that to email at gomopodcast.com. We're also on Discord, Twitter, and Twitch, and YouTube, so you can find us all those places. Um, you can find me uh, sometimes writing music or playing the game at twitch.tv slash temp underscore. I'm going to shout out... Um, I went to a concert last Friday for Valentine's Day uh, of a jazz guitarist named Pat Metheny. Um, He's been around since the 90s, maybe even earlier. Uh, Absolute legend. Um, It was him and a keyboardist and a drum set, uh, a a drummer. And uh, it was just absolutely incredible. Um, It was like two hours and 15 minutes with no intermission, no drinks, totally masked the whole time. So it was (laughs) it was kind of a gauntlet. Uh, But man, the, the music was incredible. It made it worth it. Uh, and, um, I would recommend folks go check out his music, um, first circle, uh, the heat of the day, um, letters from home, all, all great tracks. Um, he didn't play any of those, <laughs> but, uh, what he did play, was, was absolutely incredible. Um, so Pat Metheny, uh, go, go check him out on Spotify or YouTube or wherever you listen to music. That's, that's my shout out. What do you guys have for us this time? Um, let's see. What have I done? Uh, I've been kind of, I finished both my judgment and lost judgment playthroughs. I think I talked about that last time we were recording an episode. I think I was still in the, in the finishing, you know, touches of the second one. Uh, I have them both finished now. It was a great time. And now I'm just kind of waiting. The last two or three weeks have been kind of barren and empty as far as new releases and games that I've been playing go. Mm. But um, there's a lot on the horizon, even so much that I can't afford to buy everything. Um, there's <laughs> the new, speaking of horizon, there's the new Horizon Forbidden West, I believe is the name. Yeah, game coming I, mean, out, I want to play that. Uh, next Friday. And then the Friday after that, Elden Ring is coming out, which I've already got pre-ordered. So I'm going to be playing that for sure. That's the Elders, or uh, sorry, the Dark Souls like yes, open world game, that's right? that's the new From Software game, right, right. Uh, that i also was playing in the network test and um there's i don't even know there's so much stuff coming out uh in the next like two or three months it's it's all crazy stuff that i'm excited for and i'm I'm, yeah i'm I'm happy to report on all the new games that i'll be buying and that'll be hurting my wallet like crazy nice yeah i'm looking forward to Absolutely everyone I know not stopping talking about the Elden Ring game when it comes out. <laughs> yeah. That's gonna happen probably. <laughs> yeah. Dancy, what about you? Um I had something I was gonna shout out and then I forgot what it was. Um I'm actually not even kidding. Um Oh man. Yeah. So uh shout outs to uh food. because uh, I'm I'm making a lot of it for mm. just myself and my wife for the um yes and uh i i can we mention that isn't that like a copyright oh we have to say the big game i'm gonna bleep that (laughs) oh my god you gotta bleep it oh my god yeah i'm gonna bleep it just to be real well let me let me let me say this uh, and you can bleep it every time um and it'll be great so i mentioned uh, i used to have an event at my house for the big game uh and we would call it cheese fest (laughs) and we would cook a ton of cheesy things that have like 20 people over and we would uh, eat a bunch of cheese crap and watch the big game. Um, 
And I mentioned uh, on my stream the other night that I was reviving it for just myself and my wife and uh, mentioned what I was making. And I said, yeah, we're going to do this for the Super Bowl. And someone in Twitch <laughs> chat said, I hope come Tuesday that your toilet has a super or your house has a Super Bowl uh, in, in the bathroom. So, uh, well, you just got that taken care of, didn't you? I did. So we're, I guess nice. we're going to put it through with the paces. <laughs> Perfect. Great. What a wonderful way to end the episode. It is. Well. It's time for initiation for your toilet. Oh, <laughs> man. You can cut all that if you want. Oh, I don't care. Um, no way. Are you kidding me? That's cool. But make it's sure, gold, Jerry. Make sure you, uh, you you bleep out the uh, super bowel. Oh, I will. I, well, <laughs> hey, I don't want us getting in trouble, you know. Right, right. Yeah, uh, that's the most and bleeps I've ever to, had on one episode. I- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, that's true. I think your record is one, probably. Um, <laughs> well, the last thing I'll say, as promised, is I'm just I'm going to I'm on my knees and I'm begging you for an iTunes review, just like groveling on the ground, just like, oh, please, that's that's me right now because I've reached maximum shamelessness levels. Uh, but seriously, we have been at 54 for literally like six months, I think at this point. And I'm just asking if you are someone who has been listening to us for a long, long time and you just kind of take the show for granted, I'm totally okay with that. I do that with other podcasts all the time. I love them. I listen to them religiously and I never interact with them in any way whatsoever. They don't even know I exist and I like it that way. All I'm asking is that if that classifies you for us, if you could just go give us a quick you know, rating on iTunes or Spotify or Stitcher or wherever you listen to the show, it would greatly help us out. And, you know, just to let us know that you're there and you're listening uh, means means a lot to us. So that is the the final uh, shameless uh, plea um, that I will that I'll make on this episode. All right. Uh, time to get out of here. Thank you all again so, so much for listening to Go Mode. We will be back again in two weeks. And uh, let's go ahead and mirror out 